Today's scripture comes from the book of Psalm, chapter 104, verses 1 through 5 and 24 through 35. Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent and lays the beams of his upper chambers in their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes the winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He set the earth on its foundations. It can never be moved. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom, you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, vast and spacious, teeming with creatures beyond number, living things, both large and small. There are the ships to go to and fro, and Leviathan, which you form to frolic there. All the creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. When you give it to them, they gather up. When you open your hand, they are satisfied with good things. When you hide your face, they are terrified. When you take away their breath, they die and return to dust. When you send your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He who looks at the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Thank you, God, for your word. So good morning, Faith Westwood. And welcome. And welcome to those who are on site as well as those who are online. It is such a privilege and a joy to be with you today. Now, first, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to those who participated in the Lord Prepare Me Stewardship Campaign for 2024. Thank you to those who filled out a, play, a pledge or a faith commitment for the very first time. Thank you to those who maintained your pledge or faith commitment. And thank you to those who stepped up in faith. Now, if you have not yet filled out a faith commitment, we invite you to do so by Monday, November 13th. Yet please know that we're going to continue to take them at any time, right? And there are extras in the pews again. And for those online, you certainly may use the Sunday links to fill out the online form. Now, as we prepare for Thanksgiving this month, we enter into a series to focus on thanksgiving, focusing on Psalm 104, 105, and 106, respectively, and then a special helping of Psalm 34 for Thanksgiving Eve. Now, too often the Psalms are featured in calls to worship or they're used as part of worship in prayers. Yet in this Thanksgiving series, we are allowing these psalms to teach us important lessons about thanksgiving, gratitude, and praise. So please follow along as we explore God's word today. The page number for our pew Bibles is listed on the screen. Feel free to bring your own personal Bibles or use a Bible app on your mobile devices. Would you please join me in prayer? Almighty God, open our ears that we may hear your word. Open our eyes that we may see your glory in our midst and open our hearts that we might know your spirit's presence with us in these moments. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. Thank you. 
These are two very simple words, but they can certainly make a world of difference. This weekend, we say thank you to our veterans. Thank you to those who have filled Thanksgiving bags for meals. But I wonder, how many times do you intentionally say the words thank you to those around you, those who serve you, and even to God who created you? Saying these two words is one of the ways that we can truly demonstrate our gratitude and thanksgiving. Now, the word thanksgiving is defined as an expression of gratitude, especially to God, while thanksgiving is a more modern invention, remembering that expressions of gratitude can be pursued as a lifestyle. So as we focus on our psalm today, we can glean some very helpful trivia pieces as well as some historical context. Both Psalm 103 and 104 begin and end with the phrase, the phrase, praise the Lord my soul. And only these two psalms have this exact phrase at the beginning and the end. Now, a favorite and traditional approach by biblical experts has been to interpret Psalm 104 as a poetic version of Genesis 1. If you read the entire psalm, you will be able to grasp this concept even more. And one more piece of trivia, since we are not reading the whole thing today. Psalm 104, verse 14, just happens to be very special to my agriculture-minded oldest daughter who's here this weekend. <laughs> he makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth. This was so appropriate as our family was harvesting corn yesterday in Stanton County. <laughs> now, Psalm 104 reveals so many great descriptive verses of the Lord's splendor and majesty in creation. And in a few moments, we're going to seize the opportunity to ponder how do we celebrate thanksgiving for all of God's mighty works. Again, the psalmist begins with the words, praise the Lord, my soul. God's people are invited to praise God as the one who created the earth and stands above and beyond as creation's eternal being. The psalmist continues with, God is very great. God is clothed with splendor and majesty. And he is worthy of our honor and our praise. The psalmist declares what he has experienced through these descriptions of God's mighty acts in creation. In addition to some of the earlier psalms, scholars say that there are also some nods to the mythology of the Babylonians and the Canaanite neighbors, personifying God, who makes the clouds his chariot, rides on the wings of the wind. He makes the wind his messengers, flames of fire his servants. In these verses, 3 and 4, the psalmist reminds the reader that God's mighty acts are from the very beginning of creation. And verse 5 reveals to us, God set earth on its foundations and it can never be moved. We're going to talk about this order and structure in a few moments. And then in verse 24, so we're going to jump ahead and go to the end of the psalm, the psalmist proclaims, How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom, you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. 
There are creatures on the land. There are creatures on the sea. The sea is so vast and spacious with large creatures and small creatures beyond number. And even the Leviathan that we would say is an extra large creature. And what do these creatures look to? All creatures look to God to give them food at their proper time. And when that that food is given, what do they do? They gather it up. And when God opens his hand, they are satisfied with good things. Yet in verse 29, we are reminded of the vulnerability of these creatures. When God's face is hidden from them, they are what? Terrified. They're terrified. Because they know that when their breath is taken away, they die and they return to the dust. Again, these images Return the readers and the hearers to the origin stories in Genesis. As the spirit was present in creation from the very beginning. Verse 30 reminds us, when you send your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. The spirit is the source of breath and life. In Hebrew, that spirit is ruach. That's a big word, isn't it? Ruach. And all we have to do is to take a deep breath. So do that with me. Take a deep breath in and out. All we have to do is breathe in and out, and we recognize how important that breath of life is for us. And then the psalmist concludes this psalm. We hear words of blessing. May the glory of the Lord endure forever, that God may rejoice in his works. The psalmist desires for God's glory and praise to endure forever into eternity. And then we also hear words of response. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. As God's glory and praise endure into eternity, the psalmist desires to be filled with that special kind of praise until that very last breath. In verse 34, we hear words of request. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. We hear these words or similar ones in other psalms. And the psalmists always want their thoughts and their praise to be focused on who? On the Lord, on the Lord God Almighty. Verse 35 gives words of humble warning. In the entirety of the psalm, verse 35 feels out of place, doesn't it? It may seem out of place for this context of psalm 104 yet again the psalmist is keenly aware that humanity is often out of touch with the lord so imagine if the sinners would vanish from the earth and the wicked would be no more it's a big warning isn't it it's a big request but there wouldn't be very many people left would there Honestly, the inclusion here is a footnote that that in the midst of all of this praise, there is still the reality that sin exists. And yet sin doesn't fit in with God's vision of praise, gratitude, and thanksgiving. And then we hear those words of echo at the end, praise the Lord, my soul. As it was in the beginning, so it ends. 
At the beginning, these words serve as an invitation for the psalmist's soul to praise the Lord, for the reader and the hearer to do the same. And at the end, these words serve as a powerful reminder that the soul needs this praise in ways that cannot be defined or measured. So as you can see, Psalm 104 is a joyous celebration of creation. From God's creatures to the changing of the seasons and especially through the miracle of renewal. The whole earth is full of God's glory, of these amazing works. And all of this is so worthy of our praise. And yet Psalm 104 reminds you and I that that we truly do need God's order and structure, don't we? The entire universe was created in the most amazing of ways. Intricate details direct us toward our creator who loves his creation and provides for it in every way possible. Part of God's order included creating human beings to be stewards of the land and all living creatures. In addition, Psalm 104 reminds you and I that we need God's authority and the Spirit's presence. God is in control and we are not. Anyone need this reminder right now? When, see, when things seem so out of control in our world, and I know that many times they do, we can be certain that, that God is in control in the bigger picture. And the Spirit's presence will remind us that we are not alone. We are never alone on this journey. And there is always, always something that we can be thankful for. While the psalmists focus on thanksgiving in their prayer poem songs, we see evidence that many were able to embrace thanksgiving as a way of life. Exactly what we are talking about this month. Now, even though these psalms are found in the Old Testament, we remember that that God's story through time leads us to the good news that is found in the New Testament, the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself quoted many of these psalms, indicating his religious and spiritual background as a Jew. Jesus also modeled for his disciples and the crowds what it meant to look up and to give thanks to God with prayer and with thanksgiving. In essence, we could say that Jesus was the first person to perfectly model thanksgiving as he ushered in God's kingdom and reign. So on this side of the cross, we praise God for the firstborn of all creation, Jesus Christ. We praise God for the gift of breath and life. And we praise God that while we have breath, we must seize the opportunity to praise God for the gift of salvation that has been given to us. Nancy DeMoss Volamuth said it this way, Thanksgiving really should be thanks living, a way of life, morning, noon, and night, continually, forever, giving thanks to the Lord. Imagine what this lifestyle of showing gratitude would look like for you. 
But in order to do so, I want to invite you today to claim three important things. Number one, I want to invite you to claim a sense of wonder of creation. Again, Psalm 104 echoes Genesis chapter 1, which describes the creation story for us to better understand the universe that God created. In the wisdom literature of Ecclesiastes, we are reminded that there is a time and there is a season for every activity under the heavens. And God made everything beautiful in its time. Now, one of the character traits that God gave humanity is the ability to be curious and to have a sense of wonder. And God especially gave this character trait to our littlest disciples, right? Children ask question after question after question. They ask questions about creation, the creatures that were created, as well as what it means to always be in create, creating. We want these children to grow into that curiosity and wonder. We don't want them to grow out of it. And so we also don't want to grow out of that sense of curiosity and wonder. So what in creation invites your curiosity? What in creation makes you speechless and brings that sense of awe? Perhaps it is a sunrise or it is a sunset. Maybe it's a child's sparkling eyes or maybe it's someone's contagious smile. Open yourself to that sense of wonder and awe each day. Number two, I want to invite you to claim an abundance mentality versus a scarcity mentality. There are so many other passages in the Bible that echo what we hear in Psalm 104 about God providing food for his creatures. So we need to remember that God is a God of abundance, not scarcity. Now, humanity tends to dwell on not having enough. Yet God provides richly time and time again. Jesus himself noted to his disciples and crowds that if God cares about sparrows, and if God can clothe the flowers of the field, then no one should worry about their needs being met. I want you to think about a time that God provided for your needs that were met in a very unexpected way. I remember my first semester of seminary. It was fall of 2002. I was a part-time youth minister at the church where I was serving, and things were very financially tight for our family of four. And as I was going to my office one day, I saw that there was a sack there, and it was filled with ramen noodles. And I thought, my office door is not the food pantry. <laughs> What's going on here? And then someone said, a little bird heard that maybe you need some help right now. Someone had placed that so that when I went to school, I would be able to provide myself with some meals that week. I have to tell you, those were the best-tasting ramen noodles ever. <laughs> and then when I was appointed to serve as a student pastor just a few months later, I was worried about what I was going to wear. After all, I'd been a youth director for eight and a half years. What was I going to wear serving a church? Actually serving two churches. 
And the, the clothing pantry at the church had just received some women's suits in my size. You know, I learned very quickly that it was certainly true that we cannot ever outgive God. Amen. Think about when you are most tempted to have a scarcity mentality versus an abundance mentality. Think about those stories about when God provided to remind you that God is great all the time and all the time God is great. And number three, I want to invite you to claim an attitude of gratitude for every day. For generations, Christians have been called to celebrate Thanksgiving and yet also to embrace some thanks living in their everyday lives. In fact, gratitude is at the heart of the Christian community. So I want you to think about your circle of influence, all right? I want you to think about your family. I want you to think about your friends. I want you to think about church family members. I want you to think about your neighbors. And I also want you to think about even your colleagues. And I want you to imagine gratitude starting with you and rippling out into each one of those circles of influence. Even in the face of struggles and difficult seasons in life, the practice of gratitude allows us to have a very important perspective, doesn't it? But let's admit that sometimes thanksgiving is more easily caught than taught. So traditions and rituals help us to develop a lifestyle of gratitude. What traditions and rituals do you embrace around Thanksgiving that help you to shape your attitude of gratitude? For example, some people may put their trees up early. They may decorate them with words of Thanksgiving or even a cornucopia of fall goodness. Friendsgiving is a modern invention, but it allows people to celebrate those close friendships in their lives. And it isn't the hallmark holiday of the year, yet sharing expressions of Thanksgiving at Thanksgiving time can mean a lot, especially to those special people in your life. I want you to think about one or two things that you can do to develop a thanks-living lifestyle this week that shows that you are thankful, grateful, and blessed. And keep meditating on Psalm 104 that invites us to celebrate that the whole earth is full of the glory of God's mighty works. And always remember that God's glory endures forever and is worthy of our lifelong praise. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's join together in prayer. Almighty and gracious and ever-loving God, on this Veterans Day weekend, we do remember and celebrate our veterans. Those who sacrificed much on our behalf. Those who put God and country first. And let us say thank you again. 
And God, this day we are mindful of those within our circles of influence who are hurting right now. Perhaps they've received health diagnoses. Perhaps they're facing transitions in their lives. Perhaps they're facing job loss. God, allow your spirit to come alongside of them to give them comfort, to give them strength, and to know that you are present. And God, we would be remiss today if we didn't pray for the peace in our nation and around our world. God, our hearts break with the loss of lives because of war, because of the violence and the chaos in our world. So God, send forth your peace, the peace that passes all understanding, the peace that we cannot even fathom, yet we continue to pray for with all that we are and all that we have. And gracious God, fill us with thanks living, with praise and gratitude in our hearts that we may develop a lifestyle this month that starts with the words thank you to you and to others and continues in the choices that we make. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who taught his disciples a family prayer saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.